Make Lost it happen. Radio. Go get it. Welcome to the Koi Pond and Water Garden Podcast. A podcast for the aquatically obsessed. With your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. In pursuit of all things aquatic, bringing you Koi Pond and Water Garden advice straight from the field. The show starts now. Sure does. Starts now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast. I am your host, Mike Gannon, and this is episode 63. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, Yeah, so I'm your host, Mike Gannon. I am the owner. I'm a pond professional, and I own a company called Full Service Aquatics. Uh, which is based out of Summit, New Jersey. And my company, we design, install, and maintain, provide all services for koi ponds, water gardens, water features of all types, all sizes, you name it. Um, We love doing this kind of work. Been in the field since 95, pretty much on a daily basis, working with these types of features. I love it. It's a great way to spend my days and make a living. And, and I love it so much that I, I created this podcast <laughs> as an outreach to share what I love so much with all of you. So, you know, it's, it's not enough that it was just a great hobby for me. I had to make it a profession. Um, I'll tell you what, you know what? I'm always learning stuff. 25 years. I'm still always learning stuff. There's always something new. Just when you think you know it all, that's when you realize you know so little. So I'm going to share how little I know with all of you. I've designed and installed hundreds of different pond projects, um, thousands of services over the years. So I'm taking my field experience and I'm distilling it and presenting it to you through my prism of this hobby lifestyle. Um, which is just so awesome. And, and I'm happy to be here with you guys. I still love people getting people involved with the lifestyle of pond keeping and water features. And, you know, in the process of helping my clients turn water features of their dreams into a reality, I come across questions that are just common. They're frequently asked questions that everybody's concerned about when they're planning or, or going to get involved with becoming a pond keeper. What I try to do is at least offer some guidance, you know, answer the questions, but offer guidance as well um, with these concerns that do come up again and again. And one of them is, should I keep aquatic plants in my pond or in my water feature? And in short, I pretty much always say yes. So we could, we could just end the podcast right here. Thank you, everybody. And good night and have a great evening. I, I usually just, of course, say yes. For so many different reasons. Um, Yes, aquatic plants? Yes. Throughout the course of the year, I spend several occasions, and I really enjoy this, uh, as a a featured speaker or presenter with uh, pond groups and pond clubs, gardening groups and clubs, different professional associations. And anyway, one of the presentations that I give is regarding aquatic plants. I love turning people on to the world of water gardening, especially when it's a garden club. 
uh, terrestrial garden club, and no one has done aquatic plants before. I let all of them know that if, if they've enjoyed terrestrial gardening, then there's a, literally a whole other world of gardening out there that they're missing out on. And it's not just about water lilies, which is probably one of the plant aquatic plants that most people know. And as satisfying as water lilies can be, there's a whole lot more to the world of water gardening, a huge quantity of plants that they could be experiencing and enjoying and interacting with and all that stuff. Amazing plants, beautiful, interesting, unusual plants, and some of the most ancient plants on our planet. And they're missing out on a water gardening experience. I try really hard to get them on board. I can see the longing in their eyes. I can see it. They want to be water gardeners. That's my job to get them on board. Could there be a situation where you don't want to keep aquatic plants? Well, yeah, of course. There there could be a no aquatic plant situation. Maybe uh, maybe it's a very formal design, and the textures and shapes of plants are not intended for that type of design. Or a pond could be constructed in a way that simply doesn't allow plants to be kept successfully. The plants were an afterthought or provisions that would allow for aquatic plants were not well executed in the construction, the design of the pond. When my company, you know, Full Service Aquatics of Summit, New Jersey, 908-277-6000, fullserviceaquatics.com is building a pond. We always include shelves. Uh, we always build our shelves as a flat plane, usually at least 10 inches wide. Um, and the shelves serve several purposes. Aesthetically, they're very pleasing. I mean, to look into a pond and see a really cool design created with shelves and those different elevations, I mean, that that's one good reason to use shelves. Um, safety is another factor. I, I, you know, if there's some reason that somebody has to get into their pond, isn't it nice to know that those shelves also work as steps and they allow you to more or less safely go into your pond and get out of your pond. And of course, shelves are a really great place for aquatic plants. Typically, we build our shelves at 10-inch increments of depth. So, you know, an average pond for my companies is 30 inches, the average pond. Of course, we go deeper. Sometimes we go shallower. So the first shelf, the 10-inch one, is used for the marginal plants, the emergent plants, the literal plants. Those plants that are uh, half in the water, half out of the water. Those plants that don't like water to be too deep, which, by the way, is 90% of aquatic plants that you're going to find at your aquatic plant cellars. You know, they're marginals, they're, they're literal plants. A 10-inch shelf suits those plants very well. Some of the plants like their crown submerged. Some like to be semi-submerged. Some just like their feet wet. So on the shelf, you can adjust the height of the plants so that they're dialed into their happy zone um, of moisture and wetness. The 20-inch and 30-inch depths are great for water lilies, which is considered a deep water aquatic plant. Lilies are, are pretty much the only deep water plant that I use because I feel like the other deep water plants tend to be weedy 
and aggressive. So to me, shelves in a pond are going to make your aquatic plant keeping, your water gardening experience, a lot easier to enjoy and to manage. If you have to get in the pond to prune and maintain, you're only stepping into 10 inches of water. Another good reason for shelves, safety. I see a lot of ponds that are built in a way that any plant put into it will slide right to the bottom, as will the pond keeper. So when you're planting your water garden, plant it. Don't let the plants be an afterthought. It's just try to try to plan for what you're going to do, right? Saves you time, saves you money, saves you frustration, and gets you to where you want to be. So let's look at the positive side. Why should anyone keep aquatic plants? One nice thing about water gardening is that you're not limited to just ponds. Almost any watertight container will do, just about any size will do, from a 10-gallon tank to a 40,000-gallon display pond. Uh, A water garden is within reach for anyone. When you have a water garden, it's not just enjoyed by you. Um, You'll notice that birds, bees, butterflies, dragonflies, small land critters like squirrels, aquatic critters like frogs, and, and a host of other species will all utilize and benefit from your water garden. Another great reason to keep aquatic plants. Another nice thing is that it's easy to get started. Um, you know, sometimes there'll be a bit of a pushback that aquatic plants are more difficult and challenging, and I just I can't disagree more. I mean, you never have to remember to water them, <laughs> you know. That's one thing that makes them a little bit easier. As long as you get them set up for aquatic plants are some of the easiest to care for bulletproof plants that you could imagine. They, the, you know, these plants, they've evolved out in the wild, of course. I mean, they lived in the wild before they came to our retailers. At least their stock did. And these plants have evolved to tolerate pretty harsh conditions, flood conditions. With complete submersion, even if it's not a plant that likes to be completely submerged, flood conditions. Think about it. A plant growing along the shoreline of a river, and it floods. So it has complete submersion for days, perhaps, on end um, or longer. Who knows? They can also take drought conditions. Maybe there's no water cover for long periods of time. They can handle full blazing sun conditions. Not all of them, of course. They can handle freezing into the ice and thawing cycles. Some of them live under snow, ice, darkness for months on end. These are just tough plants. Many of these plants handle those conditions in style and with ease, generation after generation after generation. They are literally genetically programmed to be tough. And they are just as tough in your water garden. As long as they're getting the amount of sunlight they need and they're place correctly in the water, you're going to do pretty well with aquatic plants. Most of the aquatic plants are vigorous growers. They like to eat. If you keep up with fertilizing them and give them the room to grow, the results can be nothing short of spectacular. Huge blooms on lilies, canna, iris, so many other ones. Huge vegetative growth. I've seen some insane taro plants, just huge prehistoric looking sometimes plants. Lotus, pickerel, many of them really do. I mean, they look prehistoric. The water lily itself is prehistoric. 
the water lily has been around 120 million years or so. So it's definitely no newcomer to the scene. The cultivars, the colored varieties of them, those are relatively newcomer coming into vogue around, you know, 19th century, somewhere around there, late 19th century. You get such a variety. Some aquatic plants are simple floating plants. All you do is place them in the ponds. No potting, no fertilizing. Pruning and removal? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Um, some plants like water hyacinth with its glossy, dark green, bulbous crown of leaves. And it's kind of washed out, rather large, but delicate flower. Or the lime green, friendly, innocent water lettuce. It's rosette whirl of thick leaves covered with silica spikes. Seemingly simple plants just float in your water, but they will reproduce fast enough to make your head spin. Start out with four or five cute little plants, and by the end of the season, you will be removing garbage bags full of them. And no, your local pond professional does not want to buy them. Every August, I get at least a couple calls from pond keepers who would like to know if I want to buy their hyacinth and lettuce from their backyard ponds. No, I don't, but thanks. So the plants can be easy, maybe too easy sometimes, as in the case of hyacinth and lettuce. Another reason to keep aquatic plants is to experience a new world of plants. The average terrestrial gardener, after a few years or so, has probably tried many plants, maybe even ran out of new ones to try, and to be inspired by. Some vendors bring in the same stuff every year, and I'm sure aquatic distributors are uh, guilty of that as well. Aquatic plants, though, are like stepping through a magical garden door and finding all new plants in shapes, colors, sizes, textures you've never experienced before as a terrestrial gardener. Really cool stuff. There's so many options. Floating plants, submerged plants, emergent plants, marginals, flowering plants, vegetative plants, tall plants, low-growing plants, big, tough plants, tiny, delicate plants. Out-of-the-box approaches can be taken, too. You don't have to be limited in your thinking of what's going to do well. I've seen ferns, all different types of herbs. You know, watercress is a, is a real quick example. Um, hosta. Impatience. Impatience are freaking nuts in water gardens. Just keep their feet wet. They'll go nuts. Sweet potato vine. Coleus. All those beautiful coleus with those amazing patterns and color. They do great. They do absolutely great. And so many other quote-unquote landscaping plants that really will do just fine with their feet nice and wet. There's so many great plants to choose from. Even some of the classics, like the 120 million year old ones, the water lily, they have all sorts of new varieties being introduced and developed. It's pretty amazing stuff. The leaf types are amazing with new colors and patterns coming out. The blooms are everywhere in development. Whether we're talking about the size of the blooms from huge to mini blooms, textures of blooms with like some big feathery billowing petal displays to very clean, crisp, minimal petal displays, the fragrance of the blooms, the color of the blooms, the frequency of the blooms, the quantity of the blooms. Water lilies 
are in somewhat of a renaissance right now, it seems, with development happening around the globe, and a lot of that by pretty young professionals, which means a lot to the future of water gardening. I love looking out there and seeing that young people are coming up. Young people are enthusiastic and coming up with these kind of things, kind of cultivars and, and new plants and just new exciting things for the industry. It's great. Future's looking bright. Speaking of the future, did you know that ancient cultures were involved with water gardening? Many, like the Egyptians, kept water gardens, not just for the beauty, but also to grow food. Every part of the lotus is edible, as are so many other aquatic plants. The Incas built huge floating island gardens to grow food and ornamentals. It's an ancient pursuit, which again became en vogue in Europe during the late 19th century when water lilies and goldfish soared in popularity. Groups, clubs, societies of those days in uh, goldfish and pond keeping and you know water gardening were immensely popular. Huge amounts of members. Wait lists to join. I mean it was high society doing this stuff. And Water Gardening Fellowship is very much alive today. Now in the 21st century there are many groups and clubs that a newbie can get involved with or start a club. It's easy enough. I'll join your club. You already got a member. There are some really long established organizations such as the International Water Garden Society, the IWGS. I'll encourage you to check out the IWGS. It's very well organized. It's populated by some of the most brilliant people in the hobby and in the industry. They have a great annual symposium at fantastic locations. The last symposium I went to was in Mexico. I loved it. Last year's was in Paris, which I missed. Um, the next one in 2020 will be in Naples, Florida. Hope to see you guys there. The fellowship that water gardening offers is another great reason to get involved with water gardening. Like minds, man. So the frequently asked question for pond keepers, should I keep aquatic plants? Well, I think my answer is pretty obvious. Yes. And if you don't know why, listen to this episode again. Otra vez, por favor, escúchalo, escúchalo. If I have managed to stir up your desire to get your feet wet with water gardening, good. Let me encourage you to do one more thing. Be responsible with aquatic plants. Some plants can be illegal to keep. Not that I think the pond police are going to kick in your pond and take your water lettuce or whatever other devil's cabbage you may be growing. But be sure the plants you're keeping are not on any list that your state will be happy to provide you with uh, regarding invasive species, unwanted varieties. And typically when you go to your local retailer, they're not going to be selling anything that you're not uh, legally allowed to buy. But just be aware of that. Many aquatic plants are strictly meant to be kept in contained environments where they can't get out into the wild. Plants like hyacinth and water lettuce, remember those, could potentially cause millions of dollars in damage and the costs to control them. It has already happened. So I'm not making this stuff up. It's already happened. Some of these innocent little plants can take over large lakes and clog important waterways. It's pretty serious stuff. You need to be careful about who is hitchhiking in on your plants too. Try to clean your plants. Rinse them very well before going into your pond. 
preferably on your lawn or like a mulched area, driveway, or other non-aquatic area. That way, potential parasites or other invasive critters don't make your pond their home. Don't ever dump your culling, uh, your plant culls, your cuttings, your prune parts, or whole plants into any of your local or natural waterways. Please do not do that. That goes for fish, too. Goldfish belong in your pond, not your local fishing hole. Try to compost, 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 compost. Try to compost your aquatic plant materials right on your site. Be a responsible pond keeper. Um, your pond can be a treasured resource to your local ecology or an ecological nightmare. Be responsible. So let's recap. Should you keep aquatic plants? Yes. There's some minor reasons why you may not. That's typically based on the design of the pond or water feature. Otherwise, you can start water gardening with just about any watertight container you choose. You can hire the water garden designer and construction professional to create something with wow factor. It's easy to learn. Materials are widely available. It's a great individual or family hobby. You can meet lots of nice people, and you're already if you start a club, you already got a member built in, me, and you can have something stunningly beautiful in your life. So do it. Yes, keep aquatic plants responsibly. Thanks for spending some time with me, everybody. This is the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gannon. I appreciate being here with you to talk about all things aquatic. I'm a Koi Pond and Water Garden professional. For 25 years, my company is Full Service Aquatics, and we're based out of Summit, New Jersey, but we take on projects just about anywhere. If you have a project you're considering, you need some advice, or maybe you just want to say hello, don't be shy. Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. My number is 908-277-6000. Really easy to remember. And we can talk about anything you want, as long as it's in the pursuit of all things aquatic. 908-277-6000. As always, let me encourage you to get to know your local pond professional. I'm guessing that if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a water feature, koi pond, water garden of some type in your life. Getting to know your local pond pro can really make your life a lot easier. Most of the pros I know are very happy to share their experience and knowledge with pond keepers. Reach out to them. Get them on speed dial. When you need them, you need them. If you can't find someone, I'd be happy to connect you. I have a wide nationwide network of professionals that I'm connected with, and I'm sure that I can hook you up with a qualified pond professional. Give me a try. I'm happy to help support your local pond professionals. You can find more of the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcasts on YouTube. Check out my YouTube channel, The Pond Hunter. If you want to see some cool project videos, I'm on Facebook. Of course, my company is Full Service Aquatics. My name is Mike Gannon, and the Pond Hunter uh, Facebook page is there, too, as on Twitter. You can find more episodes of the podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, and my website is fullserviceaquatics.com, or just go to loveyourpond.com. That's me. I look forward to hearing from all of you. Be good to each other. Share your pond keeping passion with those around you. We need more pond keepers in the world, as strange as that may sound. And if you enjoy this podcast, please share this. Let others know I need your help to keep the content like this coming out. Keep it pondy, everybody. And we'll see you next time on the next episode 
of the Koi Pond Waterground Podcast. You have been listening to the Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. In the pursuit of all things aquatic, broadcasting Wednesday nights on Blog Talk Radio. The Pond Hunter, keeping it pondy for the aquatically obsessed. You got that right. Keeping it pondy, everybody. Peace. Thanks. Take care.